So you may be aware I was not here last weekend. I was at my oldest nephew's wedding down in North Carolina, and neither of them are Catholics, so I was able to go and just be in attendance. And so Friday morning, after morning mass and doing a few chores here around the parish, we jumped in the car, took the eight-hour drive, and by the way, North Carolina has horrible traffic all day long, every day, including Sundays. When we got down there, arrived my sister and I, just in time for the rehearsal dinner. And I sat across from the minister and my other sister, who was the uh, uh, mom of the groom, was sitting next to me. And he starts asking her some questions, like, tell me a little bit about Paul. What was Paul like growing up? And I'm kicking my sister under the table. And finally, she turns to me in in a very angry whisper, goes, why are you kicking me? I said, Lord... He's pumping you for information for his homily tomorrow. She goes, oh, you are so hypersensitive about these things. So I took a little bit of joy the next day when I was sitting a couple rows behind her uh, uh, when the wedding was taking place, and the minister says up, stands up and says, so there's one particularly embarrassing story about Paul, but I bet he doesn't know I know about. My sister turns around in her sheet and goes, oh, that's right. But overall, it was, a, it was a very nice, it was a nice wedding, and especially the point where they come together and they take their hands, each other's hands, and they gaze at each other lovingly with earnest looks on their faces and tears of joys in their eye, and with quivering voices say, I take you to be my spouse from this day forward, for better and for worse, for richer and for poorer. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. I wish that moment could be bottled. And when they hit those worst days and those sick days, to get that bottle out like a bottle of fine wine and share it and be brought back to the moment when all the promises were easy, when life was grand and everything was good and love reigned supreme. It is this image that God uses to describe his relationship with us, with the church, marriage. The Bible begins and ends with marriage. Genesis is about a marriage. Revelation is about a marriage. All the covenants in the middle are about marriage. God's own description of how he relates to the church is marriage. In the second reading today, Christ Christ is the bridegroom. And if you have a bridegroom, you have to have a bride. And the church is his bride. Christ's mission, we heard in the gospel today, is that we become one body, that they may all be one, me and them and them and me. And this oneness, this body of Christ that we are, is his bride. In the Eucharist, the bridegroom gives himself wholly to his bride, everything, even his body, body and blood, soul and divinity. And the bride welcomes him and brings him into herself. In earthly marriage, two people share themselves in a much deeper way than they do with anybody else. And so it is with the wedding feast of the Lamb, which you and I are about to celebrate. Jesus shares himself with us and we with him in the most intimate way possible. And by it, we become one.
one. I remember a number of years ago, I was speaking with a, a very good friend of mine, and he taught me a very valuable lesson about that unity in marriage. I was going to tell him a story, and I said, but you can't tell anyone. It's a complete secret. He goes, okay. I said, and you can't even tell your wife. And then he says, well, then don't tell me. Nothing becomes between me and my wife, not even a secret. And it hit me, wow. He got the theology of marriage, and the two of them became one. They are no longer two flesh, therefore, but one. So what God has united, no man must separate. By sharing a secret with him, I didn't think about placing something between him and his wife, but I could see it all of a sudden. And I was sorry I even considered having him make this promise for something so comparatively trite. Sometimes someone will come to see me with a problem concerning a married couple. And here's an example. Perhaps a mom will say, I don't like that man my daughter married. He's not good enough for her. He does this and he does that. And if I had my choice, I would still see him, her, but I would have nothing to do with him. And I'll grant, sometimes there are legitimate reasons for saying this, especially in matters of health and safety. But if it's simply a matter of liking or not liking, sides cannot be taken. The daughter and her husband are one. If there's something about him you do not like, there's something about them you do not like. It would be the same with a single person. You know, this is a good friend of mine. He's a really good guy. I like him except the way that he treats women. This means there's something about the whole person that you don't like. You know, the man who is nice to you but rude to the waiter is not a nice person. So one of the aspects of the way we get into heaven is that we become one with the bridegroom in the wedding feast of the Lamb. We conform our lives to him. We become more like him. We join ourselves with him mentally, spiritually, and even physically in the Eucharist. That they may be one, as you and I are one, Father. So be a good spouse. Don't receive him simply intellectually today. Allow him into your heart. Invite him. Make it an effort to invite him into your heart. One way to receive him more fully is to have given yourself more fully to him in the first place. How are you listening today to the Mass? How did you come to Mass today? How are you responding, singing, kneeling, standing, sitting, praying? What are you offering today? You were anointed priest at your baptism. What are you offering And how do you offer yourself? You were chosen. You were sought out. You were sacrificed for. You are loved. You are wanted. And you have been told that you are special. How will you love him back?